welcome to the Good Girl Unleashed podcast. You're here with Monique. Today's episode is a conversation with my beautiful friend and client, Judith. We're talking about navigating emotional triggers in intimate relationships, sharing personal experiences on how we have moved through challenging times, conflict, and arguing with our partners. We talk about how triggers are our teachers and offer us an opportunity to heal, learn, and grow. We're super excited to share this with you and just can't wait. So let's dive in. All right, welcome to another episode of the Good Girl Unleashed. I'm here with Judith today and we're going to talk a little bit about relationships. So I've found for myself personally and a lot of clients um, that relationships can be one of the most triggering relationships in our life and for me, I noticed, especially with me and Liam, it's like the first guy that I've, other than my dad, that I've really felt safe with. And so it's almost like he gets the wrath sometimes <laughs> because it's like the parts of me that are wounded and unresolved or unhealed, they feel safe to come out because they, they know that they're held. But unfortunately, it comes up sometimes in this crazy, explosive, like it's just building for some time and it comes out and it can be it can be followed by shame self-judgment conflict unnecessary conflict and arguing because there's always healthy conflict but it's that one where it starts to create distance and disconnection in your relationship and starts to build those walls so I want to ask you Judith if you want to share anything about that anything that's coming up for you any experiences that maybe resonate as I share this Cool. Thank you, Monique. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, yeah, the first thing that actually came up when you were talking about how you feel like so safe with Liam um, was that it's it's so beautiful, really, right? That you that we when we find the right person, that we feel so safe that we like feel safe enough to actually 100% be us, even with the sides that we maybe don't like to show so much, right? Isn't that it's kind of amazing in the same time, but also it creates all of that, what you just described and all the, the challenges and the difficulties. But it's, it's such a blessing that, that we are in relationships where we can feel safe, right? To, to be completely, to just let it out when it needs to come out. <laughs> yeah, and I find sometimes as well, like, even if it's maybe not the the person that's maybe it's not the right person for you and there's still mm. a lot of triggering happening and I find that these people it's I don't really believe in the wrong person I just feel like there's mm. someone that comes into your life there's like this energetic vibrational match to a being that's going to bring out something that's unresolved for you um, and that really supports you in healing that so that you can align to the relationship, whether it's an intimate partner, a friend, or whatever kind of relationship it is. But that experience that you're having where all these triggers are coming up is really just showing you what's held inside and what's unresolved. So it comes to the forefront, it comes out of the darkness into the light so we can actually integrate it and yeah. come into our authenticity, align ourselves with the relationships that are going to be really fulfilling and empowering. But it's not an easy process. <laughs> Um, yeah. by any means and yeah. I think many if not all of us struggle with emotional triggers and there's this 
misconception around what triggers really mean and sometimes it feels like if I explode or I react in a certain way I'm there's something wrong with me we go into shame and stories but actually triggers are just revealing to us what's unhealed unresolved so they're actually helping us on our journey but they're really uncomfortable (laughs) yes oh my god that's so uncomfortable yeah you're right (laughs) um yeah it's totally I think the biggest thing is that I personally feel like my relationship with my partner I've told that many people and it's always coming up is definitely like he's like he's my biggest teacher because because of all the challenges that come up and all the triggers that he shows me the unhealed parts of me I have the opportunity to grow so much because it brings everything up and I'm yeah I'm really grateful for that when I'm in my good place (laughs) and obviously when I'm triggered you're like ah no (laughs) but that's the I guess that's the the opportunity that we have in a relationship where we do get triggered like you know what I mean like because if you were someone that you never get triggered because the other person maybe just um swallows everything or never never um you know brings that out in you that trigger then you don't even notice what's unhealed it doesn't even come up so you you may never even look at it and heal it so you know what I mean? <laughs> Remaining in that comfort zone. Yes. And yeah. then I find that when you're in that space, there can be almost like a dullness to life. Absolutely. And there's like, I find a lot of the, the there's, there's healthy conflict and unhealthy conflict, but there's this push and pull that can happen in relationships where we are supporting each other to heal and grow. There are some relationships that are just, we're both there, both coming from wounded places and putting each other down. And so it's not necessarily accepting someone's behavior because they might be teaching you something. So it's, I just don't want to kind of have that confusion around if someone's really being yeah. abusive in some way, that's not okay. Absolutely, yeah. No. Tuning into what that's revealing for you and what you need to do or how you can get support for that. But this is for more like, say, if there is emotional triggers coming up and it's unintentional, you know that there's there's love there or there's there's a reason why you're in this relationship. Can we tune into what this is teaching us, what it's offering us? Um, so I just wanted to clear that as well. I love that. Yes, thank you for yeah. That was very important to to make the difference of yeah having triggers and being in an abusive or toxic relationship where it's actually more place of finding support and setting clear boundaries to maybe not be in that relationship rather than seeing it as a opportunity to grow. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. That was important. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Safety comes first (laughs) because if we don't feel safe, then we don't really have the space to actually tune into what these triggers are teaching us because we're in survival mode. We need to have that safety where we can actually do this inner work. So that's really important. Um, Yes. I love that. Yes. (laughs) So I'd love to hear about maybe a a personal experience. You don't, if you want to share something like that or just how you navigate when the triggers are coming up. Wow. Do you know what? When you just asked me that, there was a massive thunder outside. (laughs) So that's, that's the divine, the universe saying, okay, you did, you know, here here you go. Speak your truth. (laughs) What happens when you're triggered? Um, I turn into thunder, yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's so funny. I I feel like um, it's yeah, like my partner Danny has really the biggest thing that he's brought up in me over our eight years or something of relationship is that um, how do you say when I when I get triggered by him, the biggest thing is when I get angry. You know how to actually deal with that anger um that's been probably like the biggest challenge and caused the worst fights as well but it's also been for me the biggest healing journey and really just yeah started so much actually looking at not going oh i'm not allowed to be angry but going okay i'm angry now let's look at where's it actually coming from? What can I do before I get there? <laughs> um, and also how can I deal with the anger or how can I react, like not react with, mm. when I'm in the anger? That's probably been the, the biggest challenge and the biggest growth in my relationship is how do I, how do I deal with my anger? How do I, yeah. Mm. how do I use the anger right like how do I yeah that's a massive one that I'm I'm noticing coming up a lot like I'm getting a lot of people asking me like how do I get rid of my anger or how do I express my anger or will eventually I, will it go away at some stage like I'm expressing it but it still keeps coming and the thing is it's like we don't feel or express an emotion to get rid of it and never feel it again which is what I kind of thought at the beginning of my journey as well but over time I realized that actually all of the emotions come with being human and they're all temporary so it's learning to actually build sacred relationship with all of our emotions and like you said how do I use this anger as a way of empowerment and to really support the healing of my journey to honor my expression to honor my wildness so it's mm -hmm. like knowing that anger is actually sacred emotion and it's actually our power that when we can tune into it we can actually feel our aliveness our fire our passion why would we ever want to get rid of something like that yeah. it's just been shamed for so long and i think there's a difference between reactiveness when the emotion takes power over you and conscious response when you yeah. actually know that the emotion's there and we don't have to throw it at someone we can actually mm. Take a moment, take a pause and be like, oh, I feel this emotion coming up. Maybe I need to go into another space, leave the room to express that. Not because it's shameful, but because you need a safe bubble to be with that emotion. Yeah. And maybe the people around you don't have the capacity to hold that space. Yeah. But if they do, we can actually ask them or let them know, hey, I've got an emotion coming up. It's not at you, but I need to express myself and then just let it out depending on you around <laughs> i love that that is so good that's what i tell my kids so that's what yeah like i'm always like it's okay to, it's okay you're angry no go and go and move go and let it out let it like shift it use it do something with it but don't hurt your brother <laughs> don't yell at your brother <laughs> yeah it's yeah. when we throw our emotions at people yeah. that we hurt people Exactly. And then we go into those shame cycles or defensive cycles or shutting down. And that's yeah. where a lot of that rigidness and stickiness comes into relationships because we've been throwing shit at each other for so many yeah. months or years or decades or whatever. 
So totally. we take responsibility for our emotions and say, well, this isn't your fault that I'm feeling this. Because as soon as we say, you made me feel like this, we're giving our power away. We want to take our power back yeah. and like, what is, what is this situation triggering within me so mm. that I can take responsibility and give myself what I need? And maybe yeah. ask support for my partner if they're in a position and they have the capacity to support you. Of course, that's why we're in relationship to support one another. But if they're not in the yeah. capacity in that moment, we can't expect them just because they're our partner to show up for us in the way that we need them to if we don't know how to show up for ourselves in that way. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's, that's so true. Like, one example I have for that is I used to, so back in the days, still sometimes happens, obviously, but I've gotten so much better. But I would go into the ang- anger and throw it at my partner, right? And then it would escalate, like you said. And he would get into his triggers and his, like, defensiveness and offensiveness or whatever, you know, and you start the whole the whole cycle that just goes down it and it gets worse. And we would do that um, because I've only really started becoming aware of all this in the last few years. And before then, I would just be right into programming, right into reaction and just being stuck in there. And then it would escalate. And, you know, then it would turn into, I would get to the point where I'm like, okay, let's just stop this. This is just really horrible, really hurtful. And I want to get out of this now. And then I would, and I only realized this recently, then I would expect him to make that feeling go away. You know, like the the, the, the hurtfulness, the, eh, the, the just the horrible place you're in and just the whole that, that negative energy that you just like completely bath yourself in, right? I would be like, somehow I expect him to somehow through another conversation or mostly through talking, I would try and hope it would go away. And he would need space. And so I would go, let's just talk about it. Let's just get rid of it. Let's just forget about it. But can we just resolve it, you know? And only recently I realized that when I'm in that place, no one can help me out. No one can get me out of it. Only I can get myself out of it. I'm, yeah, and it took me so long to realize he's not going to come and get me out of there, especially not where he's then right now in that moment as well, right? And also the realization that, when I'm in that, I like calling it like, you know, like the denser energy or whatever, or lower frequency or something, the anger, the frustration, the pain, um, sadness, he can't take me out of it. I have to do it myself. And that was huge for me to realize that. And then being able to give him space mm-hmm. and sort myself out while he's got his space. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think there's a, a deep conditioning around the damsel in distress and the hero coming to save the day. And so like, why aren't these men showing up like they did in the fairy tales? Like, where's my heroic yeah. man, like, come yeah. to save me from my demons, which are inside? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Just me. Like, I have to deal with them. But yeah. how empowering is it? Maybe um, if, if it's something that you experience, like, when you realize that it's you, that has to take yourself out of that. Isn't that so empowering of like, I no longer have to wait for anyone. I can actually do this for myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. Yeah. yeah. And I definitely had a bit of like, 
sore soreness of like oh my fairy tale's never gonna come true <laughs> <laughs> i definitely had some grief over this like fairy tale oh, yeah. that I was told. and it's like realizing that there are fairy tales there is magic there is beauty in the world but it's maybe not the way that we thought it was gonna go but oh, yeah. there's so much more out there when we open up to it and when we take self-responsibility. Because when we have mm -hmm. that, that self-responsibility, we step into our power, we get to determine and really co-create with that magic rather than waiting for someone else to come and bring it to us and we're just at the mercy of someone else. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's, that's the key, right? That is just – that's the key to finding happiness, lasting happiness is knowing that that's, it's up to you to yourself, right? Like – and I think it's also the key to a fulfilling relationship um, is really knowing that, yeah, so much of how that relationship goes, again, saying we're not in an abusive relationship, we're in a relationship with a person that's a good person, that's got a good heart, that's got triggers, but knowing that you doing your inner work and healing your stuff and hugging your inner child and giving your inner child what it needs instead of them, expecting him or her to give you that right is is really the key because then we just we're always full we always we have what we need right we don't need to grab or pull from someone else and then feel disappointed because they didn't give us what we needed yeah <laughs> yeah we fill ourselves up they fill themselves up and we come together in fullness to create more magic together. yes yes i love it yeah yeah, yeah. I find a lot of what happens as well, there's a lot of like the mirroring in the universe that shows up. So it's like when we have this relationship, because often when we're, say, maybe not in relationship, it can be a little bit harder to, like like you say, we don't really have the, as many of those triggers. They're not as, we still have triggers. We still have things that are going on and teaching us. But they yeah. seem to be a lot more often and a lot more intense when you come into a relationship and you've constantly got that other person there looking yeah. different things. But I find that there is this kind of, like I mentioned earlier, the energetic vibrational match. Like we've got all this stuff in our being, whether it's like conditioning, wounds, beliefs, whether they're good or bad, like lots of different emotions, mm -hmm. maybe they're suppressed and stories and things that we've learned from childhood and I find yeah. someone comes into our life and they start to reflect what's being held in the body again as a way of bringing it to the surface because often yeah. we won't see it otherwise unless yeah. it's reflected right in front of us. So what I noticed was really powerful in my relationship with Liam was noticing what the trigger or what the situation was connected to. Like if I was feeling really resentful or really angry about something when else have I felt this way? Yep. Is it really coming from this moment or is there actually a past experience that is synchronistically creating this now moment experience to let me know that that past experience is still kind of playing on a loop? And then the now experience helps me to complete that loop, if that makes sense. Yes, that makes total sense. I love that. Yeah, I had, um, I had an example only a couple of days ago, actually, that where exactly that came up. Um, it was my, my son's seventh birthday and we had a bonfire and heaps of the kids picked up sticks and would light the sticks at the end and glow and it was dark and they would, you know, move them around. And, and I had the experience before with kids doing that and kids getting burned. So I'm quite like, it, it's a place where I feel unsafe. And 
So I would tell the kids to go further away. I was like, you know, you need to have three meters or four meters space in between you and you need to have that many meters space away from me because I was sitting there like really nervous, like I forgot I'm going to burn. And my partner didn't hear, he didn't hear the conversation I had with the kids. And he just said to my son, yeah, it's okay there. Like just do it there. And he was like a meter away from me. And I was like, no, it's not. It's too close. And he was like, and he felt in that moment, anyways, it doesn't matter, but he felt like I was like telling him what to do. And I got snappy with him and he got snappy with me and we had a bit of a, eh, 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 you know, and then later on, cause we're in a really good place at the moment. Later on, I, I was like, okay, let's reflect on this. And I went for a walk the next morning by myself and I did a little bit of breath work that I learned from Humanic and just, you know, like a seven minute breath work session. And, and then I went into like a meditative state and asked what I needed to know. And what came up was exactly what you described before. It was my need of being like understand, understood and heard. Like I felt like he wasn't hearing me, you know, he wasn't, yeah, like he wasn't hearing me. I was saying, I feel unsafe, they're too close. And he wasn't going, oh yeah, I understand. Let's send them further away. I understand you're not feeling safe. Okay, we'll get, I get it. Mm. And I felt like he wasn't hearing me. And that's a huge, 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 huge um, thing from my childhood. It's massive, you know, like I just did an episode, podcast episode the other day about that. I always felt like I wasn't able to express myself. I always felt like no one was listening, you know? And it was so amazing when I figured it out. I was like, it wasn't actually you. It was just that I needed to be heard, like, and you didn't hear me. Mm. And that's why I went into my, you know, the little, little child. And I was like, oh, no one's listening to me. Like, I need you to do, listen, you know? And yeah. Yeah. And then because so he went into that self reflection, he would see that maybe your, um, potentially like the feeling of you demanding of him or trying to control him would go back to his childhood as well. And exactly. that, that, and, <laughs> The thing is, a lot of these traumas happen in the developmental stages of life. And yep. we kind of got these like pieces of us stuck on that loop, which is where the inner child work comes in. Cause there's all these like inner child children running around and any chance they get to kind of come out. But like these experiences will trigger that inner child. And then it's mm -hmm. actually the child that's responding to the situation. You lose your now moment self, the inner child okay. comes forth and reacts from that place yeah. in, as a yeah. way of like trying to protect because a massive thing a lot of the time when we're getting triggered it's because we don't feel safe if we had mm -hmm. that safety in the body we could notice the experience and stay present with it but often it's there's a level of unsafety i'm not safe here that trigger comes in there's anxiety and your body is telling you i'm not safe i'm not safe there was i was definitely in that space what you just described i felt really yeah, I was definitely going into like slight anxiety and nearly feeling attacked by everyone around me. You know, like I was straight, I was fully like, oh, yeah, so crazy. Yeah. So when you had that time to reflect and you had that realization, did you have like a next step? Like, was there um, a next step with Danny that you yeah. want to share? Yeah. I actually did go to him and I said, you know what, last night when that when I when I said to you, you know, like I wanted the kids to go further away and I got a bit snappy, I realized and I shared with him, I realized it's actually something that is from my childhood that I have that need of being heard. And 
Um, I hope I say that right, like, because it sounds like hurt, you know, when someone hurts you, out. <laughs> but, you know, being listened to, um, being understood. And I, I told him, and, yeah, because I wanted him to know so that he's more aware of it next time as well, you know, maybe going, oh, okay, she might she might be, like, feeling like I'm not actually listening to what she's saying. That's, like, feeling, um, feeling the way she's feeling or whatever. So I shared with him that that realization came and that it's something from my childhood and that yeah I just basically in the when I had that time for myself just told my inner child that I'm listening to her and that I see her and yeah that it had had to do with that and not really with him you know basically what I shared with him and that's really setting an authentic boundary really because it's like that's a new way of setting that protection mm -hmm. So it's releasing the way of because often our protection mechanisms are shut down, contract, push away, like try and then we go into that reactive state because we're trying to protect and then we cause yep. the unnecessary conflict and the disconnection between ourselves and our relationships and feel hurt and all of that. But when we can actually do that inner work and then speak our truth and mm. what happened for us and set that boundary of like, hey, this is something that I need in those situations. Mm. And then they know because they're never going to be able to read our minds, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, totally. We have to remember how to speak our truth and set those boundaries, honour ourselves and also honour them. Like we're not telling them mm. in a, a way of trying to control. We're mm. sharing them of like, this is a need for me. If you can't meet that need, then maybe there's another step in that process. Um, mm. But, yeah, letting them know what you need and what's okay and what's not okay otherwise they're never going to know and sometimes we're just expecting it to or thinking it's obvious and they should know but oh. they we can't expect them to know like we've got to really learn to speak our truth and a lot of the time we're expecting them or hoping them to figure it out because mm. it's fear of actually expressing ourselves absolutely all the time i used to do it all the time oh i used to just always think he just has to understand why does he not know like Right, right. Like, why do, you, like, obviously, this is what I'm feeling. You must be feeling the same. <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty. Um, that's another really big one. Hey, to like learn that they don't know what we need. They don't know what we want. We need to communicate with other people where our boundaries are and stuff. And we can't expect people to read our mind or read our emotions or something like that. But I used to do that. I used to definitely do that, and it caused a lot of a lot of conflict <laughs> yeah for sure and I feel like I'm speaking my truth towards my partner yeah it's only been something I've only learned recently and in and, and general speaking setting boundaries and communicating boundaries with men friends family members male has been something that I actually struggled my whole life with and only realized recently that it's something that where I have trauma and where I struggle to 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 let it out, you know, and to set the boundaries. Yeah. And I think a lot of women probably have that. Yeah, and there's a lot of fear of loss when setting boundaries. If I set this boundary, what if they leave or what if I lose this thing, whether it's a relationship, a job, um, mm -hmm. a sense of mm -hmm. self or, or whatever it is, yeah. there's this fear of losing love, Absolutely. losing belonging. And really, sometimes there is loss in the process, but it's trusting that rather than it just being loss, it's more of a redirection. So like we were saying earlier of like maybe the relationship you're in 
isn't actually in alignment and these mm. triggers are trying to show that to you so that we can heal those wounds, integrate them, step more into our wholeness and our authenticity so we can align to someone that's able to meet our needs and to honor our boundaries. Yeah, it's interesting what you just said because what came up for me was that another big thing that I think that I've recently learned I think is really important in a relationship is to, it, like, in general, you know, we, we talk about accepting the emotions, you know, what we were talking about before, accept that you're feeling angry and being with the anger, letting the anger go through your body instead of pushing it away and saying, I don't want you here. I feel like so important in relationships as well is accepting that how, a, how it feels right then. Maybe you feel sad, maybe you feel frustrated, maybe you feel angry to accept that and sit with it and let it do its thing through you without harming anyone, without putting it onto anyone, but like being with it, right? In your own body. And also accepting, I think, the flow of a relationship, you know, the ups and downs. Like, I feel like I said to my partner the other day, I said, I think we just have to learn to accept that there's days where I don't feel like I love you. And there's days where I, I am so in love with you and I'm super attracted to you. And then there's days where I maybe don't feel so attracted to you. You know, I think it's something that's really new to me because I thought you always have to be in love and you always have to be attracted to that other person. But I think, it's, you know, we all go, especially for us women as well, with our, with our cycle, you know, I mean, just the example of usually when I'm ovulating, I feel very attractive. I, I find myself attractive. I find my partner attractive. And when I have my period, I don't like myself so much maybe, and I also maybe don't like him so much or find more things in him that I don't like. And I think... For us, for me, communicating that the other day and saying, you know, there's, there's, it's not always like this, you know, and but being okay with that and knowing, okay, today I maybe don't feel super attracted to him or her or whatever relationship we're in, and to be okay with it and let it flow through you rather than going, oh no, I should be attracted right now though. Do you know what I mean? And going into that resistance again. Yeah. I should be. Yeah, the, the shoulds and the stories can really get us stuck. And it's noticing that in times where we don't feel maybe attracted to ourselves or find ourselves attractive or attracted to others, tuning into what you actually need in those moments because maybe mm -hmm. those are moments where it's not about connecting with someone else. It's yes, about connecting exactly. yeah. with you yeah. and giving to yourself what you need in that moment because I find if I've got a lot on my plate and I'm – doing a lot of, say, taking care of the house duties and being there with Theo and doing the business and traveling. Like my mind isn't, say, on that connection with Liam mm -hmm. or on having yeah. mind-blowing sex or like yeah. my, my mind is like so busy that I'm not yeah. in a space where I can really drop into relaxation and surrender. So Absolutely. it's also noticing that if are we overloading ourselves do we need mm -hmm. self-care? Do we have some inner work or a trauma or a, a belief or something that we're working through that actually needs our focus and attention? And I talk about um, a little bit, and I also I experienced that. it post-pregnancy when mm -hmm. you're not, you're not, you're not thinking about having sex and, and that kind mm -hmm. of thing or like connecting yeah. in that kind of way. There's a new way of connecting as a family, mm -hmm. but I found my all my focus was on this new baby 
and there's always yep. like something in life say it might be a baby it might be a project at work it might be a goal or something that you're working on where your focus is so it's okay like you said to not always be so focused on mm -hmm. the relationship or on the attraction and also mm -hmm. accepting that we do go in these ebbs and flows and these waves and we have different emotions and things arise as we grow and shift and evolve and that's okay to just give ourselves that space and compassion as we navigate the waves of life yes love it yes that's that's absolutely it i love what you just how do you describe that <laughs> so true yeah so we'll start to have bring this to completion i just want to invite you to feel into if there's anything that you would like to share with the women or even if there's men listening to this as well um what maybe would support them in really being with their emotions so if they've just got triggered and they're okay i take myself away from the experience like the situation so i can be with my emotion but what do i do what if i've never been able to be with my emotion did you say man or woman or man like if it's anyone listening um yeah, if they like, how would they be able to just be with their emotions if they've been resisting or pushing emotions away, and maybe they don't know how to be with emotions? Um, if they've just say they've just got triggered, there's all this emotion. They leave the situation so they can be with the emotion. But how do how do you? If is there any advice that you can give these people that might be struggling with the big emotions? How to really just be with them? Okay, let me think about it. So when you basically when you trigger it, okay, yeah. and you removed yourself from from the situation. Yeah. How do you how do you deal with it? It's a <laughs> it's a big question. I feel like I've thought about that many many times. Yeah, so even just sharing about it. like what you do, what mm. you do when when you're triggered, and there might be a bit of reactiveness or conflict or whatever but when you finally get that time for yourself what are some tools or some different things that really help you to be in your body with those emotions because a lot of the time those emotions can be so intense mm. something that you would do that helps you to really surrender into the anger or the rage or the grief or the sadness okay that one thing came up now right away was to actually feel it what it feels like in my body to so with anger for example which is like a very which has been like the emotion for me that I feel like that comes up a lot that I have to work with a lot in the past years I feel like when I stop and become present in my body like get out of my head and the stories that I've been also playing and creating and the thoughts because I get really into this space right and like he's doing this and that and why is he doing that and it's just up here to really come into my body like being in my body and and consciously becoming aware of what my body feels like so what my hands feel like like and I usually get like really sweaty hands you know or like cold sweaty hands um what my heart feels like um and that's usually like pumping out of my chest when I'm in that place um Maybe feeling like a, uh, I'll be like feeling like a general feeling of ting tingliness in my whole body. Just everything is just like, uh, you know, like, and like, uh, but 
yeah you know that that feeling that you get when you're angry or anxiety or whatever and for me I think that's actually been one of the biggest things is to just become present in my body and just feel in every part of my body where I can feel this emotion to just feel it like really feel it like okay it's my heart oh wow my heart's gone really fast whoa my hands are sweating because it's uncomfortable you know and just being with it um that's actually one thing that has helped me the most um yeah to just really become present with my with that emotion and what it feels like in my body the physical experience in my body of that emotion of that energy going through my body um that's been one of the biggest things that helped me. And then, and then I feel like there's other things that come after that, that I can go through then into maybe breathing or something. But for me, I used to try to breathe and I wouldn't be able to, be like, you know, and I wouldn't get into the calm breathing. But yeah, focusing on like the parts that are really intense at that time, like my hands, my heart, and like feeling maybe my throat and just focusing on that. That's been, for me, the biggest thing to just slightly start me processing what's going on and feeling it and yeah just getting out of that story because that's for me was for me always the biggest thing is I would be in that story and just keep repeating that so yeah just really feeling feeling my body yeah yeah I find that a really powerful practice because it really it does bring you out of your head and starts to Mm -hmm. build that relationship with your body and let you know that it's safe to be in the body it's safe to feel all these different things and knowing that it's it's all temporary and it actually lasts longer if we resist it <laughs> and so yes it only lasts like minutes when you get into your body will you sometimes seconds right it's like ooh, that is yeah i have a really good example actually monique i had i never forget i had a situation with my son actually one day my youngest and i got really angry so angry and at that time, for some reason, I was able to really quickly go into, okay, now stop and just feel. So my brain was going to stop and feel. And I, and I started feeling I was sitting on the ground with him. And luckily, I didn't have to do anything with him because it was just me that was getting really angry for something that he was doing, I think. And I just stopped and I felt. And while I was feeling what was going on, the emotion completely shifted, the anger shifted, and I just felt so sad. I was so sad and it was really interesting because that then made me realize that again, my inner child was hurt in this moment. My inner child didn't feel loved and that's why I felt sad, but anger was the way of me expressing it. And for so long, I've been expressing so many things just through anger that it was incredible to see that actually behind it was so much sadness and not feeling loved, you know? Yeah, because anger can be a way of protection as well, of like feeling powerful. If there was a time where you felt really powerless, anger can kind of make me feel, oh, make yeah. me feel that we have some sort of power or control. And it does, can, it can actually be a shield for deeper pain. So when we actually allow ourselves to be with the first layer, we're able to sink into the next layer and realize actually, I'm protecting myself from vulnerability because when I was vulnerable in the past, I got hurt. So now I go to anger. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. (laughs) That's been that for me, for sure. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for this conversation. I think it's just so much goodness here to share um, with everyone listening. Do you want to share? Yeah. Thank you. 
Um, do you want to share a little bit about like what you're doing um, and how people can find you? Oh, thanks, Monique. Um, okay, you can find me on, I guess, on Instagram. I don't have a website yet. It's at Judith Boy. My name is actually pronounced a bit different, but it's spelled like Judith. Um, and the work I'm doing is, yeah, just trying to support women, mostly at the moment, to really start connecting to to their raw self. Maybe they're the, the four-year-old self that they used to be, like the wild, free playful, loving, freely expressing person that they are in their core. Like, I guess that's probably the biggest thing that I'm trying to support people with, to come back to to that raw, wild, untouched version of themselves, you know, that's not been programmed and not conditioned and finding back to that and and through that, finding more, more freedom, more joy, more authenticity and just create a much happier, much more fulfilling life. Yeah, basically. And I have a podcast that's called Braving You. So feel free to check that out. Yeah, thank you. Thank I'll you, Monique. Those, I'll pop those links below as well in the description under this oh. um, episode. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, such a good conversation. I'm excited to share it with everyone. Yeah, yeah me too. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Monique. Thank you for listening, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode on the Good Girl Unleashed podcast. I am so grateful that you're here and I would love if you could leave a five-star review and share what is resonating for you. This really helps us to get this wisdom and teachings out to those who really need it at this time. Thank you so much again and I can't wait to connect with you again in the next episode.